0: The prospect of truly personalizing medicine with the knowledge gained from the Human Genome Project is intoxicating, but is it practical? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, author of You Can Think Like a Psychiatrist, your host. And with me today is Dr. Gualberto Ruano. Dr. Ruano is a pioneer in the field of personalized medicine and the inventor of molecular diagnostic systems used worldwide for the management of viral diseases. He is president and founder of Genomas, his third genetics-related company and now the biotech anchor of Hartford Hospital's Genetic Research Center. He also serves as director of genetics research at the center. Welcome to ReachMD.
1: Thank you very much, Dr. Lynn.
0: So, Dr. Arana, what exactly is personalized medicine?
1: We look at it as a way of managing cases that offers doctors a way of predicting responses otherwise not possible to predict. And we are concentrating in aspects of therapeutic management of psychiatric disease, cardiovascular disease, diabetic disease, in such a way that the treatment given to the individual can be suited to the inherited metabolic properties of that person.
0: Now, is this being used in practice today in any way?
1: We are doing that at uh, Harper Hospital on Genomas for the New England region and other centers are doing that in in other parts of the country. Our initial focus relates to the management of side effects that, no pun intended to your introduction, do become intoxicating in the context of unexpected features of the therapeutic program that you certainly did not want to see. The value to the doctor is here you have a patient that you're treating, all of a sudden you have a different kind of condition from the one you started, Most of it can be traced to drug-induced symptomatology. Now you have to figure out how to avoid those complications and not forget you still have to treat the primary disease. For the patient, the value is, is very obvious. I mean, the last thing you want when you seek medical care is to end up with a new disease you didn't have before. For the healthcare system, the value is by reducing these kinds of misdirected therapeutic interactions You can actually improve the efficacy of the treatment and reduce the waste that comes from having now to treat unintended side effects.
0: Now, you recently published a paper of a case where this exact same thing happened. Can you tell us about that?
1: This was a very dramatic case that was referred to us from a psychiatrist in the community in Connecticut, Hartford area, that was presented with basically cumulative side effects from five years of treatment by other psychiatrists and mental health professionals, this person had 18 different psychotropic medications over a period of five years for what initially was diagnosed as an anxiety disorder. What we were able to determine, and I think kudos to the psychiatrists who figured out that there must be some metabolic issue going on with this patient, was that indeed the person had deficiencies in three of the uh, major metabolic pathways for breaking down drugs. And what that means clinically is that many of these dosages for average individuals for her were over dosages. To take this further, uh, we were able to figure out, out of those metabolic deficiencies, which ones had the least deficiency so that he could introduce low dosages, for medications that are processed by those pathways where she has functional capacity, if albeit reduced, and manage the case in that uh, with these kinds of knowledge or these kinds of guidance, according to the innate characteristics of the patient. If you figure out the kinds of suffering that this patient went through for five years, the number of clinicians that treated her doing the best they could but not knowing that there were these innate deficiencies. And finally, tally up all the interactions and all the cause of, of the management, you have pretty much what I had mentioned to you, the value to the clinician, the value to the patient, and the value to the system. I'm happy to say that this person has done much better now with this knowledge, and that in fact, he actually has utilized this knowledge for other kinds of medical treatment. she needed a series of prosthetic devices for dental disorders and the dentist apparently wanted to use some tricyclic antidepressants as painkillers and sure enough she said to the oral surgeon I am a null metabolizer for CYP2D6 which is an enzyme that metabolizes many of these tricyclic antidepressants used for pain management And there, we avoided another disaster that could have happened.
0: If I'm a practicing physician, how do I go about getting these tests for my patients?
1: Well, there are a number of sources for this, depending on the region of the country. Uh, We operate in the Northeast. And the model is that the sample of the patient, in this case a blood sample, has to be sent to a reference laboratory that has the credentials and the experience to process these kinds of requests. And from there, it becomes a molecular diagnostic test that is processed, has a DNA diagnostic. And where I I believe different centers have different levels of skill or experience is what kind of feedback goes back to the doctor. I can speak for our region and what we do in the New England area. We actually help doctors sort out the strategic therapy for the individual based on these functionalities or deficiencies, as the case may be. Some other centers give specific genetic information that now the doctor has to translate into management therapy for the specific case. I think as the field evolves, more of this information will be published, such as our case report, so that the knowledge base will be disseminated in such a way that local laboratories will be able to advise the physicians on management considerations, and some of the professional societies themselves will have uh, standards based on this kind of DNA-based information.
0: If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. Your host and with me today is Dr. Gualberto Ruagno. We are discussing how therapies might be tailored for patients based on their genetic makeup. So Dr. Ranio, forgive me for being concrete. What do you write on the lab slip when you want something like this?
1: The way it works is the patients that are coming to us initially have a side effect. So they have a medical problem. And so we offer this as a new kind of diagnostic that can help process the specific problem and help the physician change therapy and improve the outcome. So from a sort of operational perspective, it is a test, not unlike uh, others that are used in in the management of of diseases. From the patient perspective, the patient goes to a a service center where the blood is obtained through conventional phlebotomy, and that's the end of it. I mean, after that, what is different here is the information that comes to the physician is DNA-based, but from an operational perspective, it's very similar to other tests.
0: Do you use this kind of testing in any other way? For example, maybe Herceptin in cancer patients?
1: Our approach at Genomas is to utilize the DNA, so-called nuclear DNA, that is inherited and is the same in every cell of the body. And that has the advantage that we can utilize a blood sample to look at functionalities that may reside in a liver without having to do biopsy. When it comes to oncology and cancer, other operations are performing services and assisting oncologists in the management of these cases. Very often there, you need access to the actual tumor sample, some kind of biopsy, some kind of excision, and therefore you require the pathologist's input to provide that sample. In metabolic diseases, cardiovascular disease, psychiatry, most of the genes that we looked at are pretty much innately inherited. And therefore, we can avoid this invasive procedure.
0: So it's truly just a simple blood test.
1: Indeed, for metabolic disease and psychiatric disease.
0: Now, what are some of the potential problems with this?
1: I think the main issue right now is to understand the knowledge base in the field under what kinds of medical encounters this technology makes a difference and be very careful about the guidance that is provided back to the MD. I think the field will evolve and more and more medications will be appropriate for this kind of DNA-guided methodology. We're not there for all of them. And a lot of the standard of care has to be derived from rules of treatment that are published, peer-reviewed, and in the case of devices that are sold for the medical laboratory to have FDA approval for the basic kits and assays and, and algorithms that are part of the decision support system. The knowledge base is being developed by academic labs, by commercial labs, under the sponsorship of the National Institute of Health, and it introduces this very interesting paradigm of learning from clinical practice, because by the end of the day, the rules about who reacts this way to what medications are derived from clinical care.
0: Now, are there problems in getting informed consent for this sort of testing? There's so much misconception, I think, among the public and probably physicians as well about so-called genetic testing. Do you run into that as a problem?
1: Well, speaking of the knowledge base of this, the knowledge base for diseases that are inherited is exploding. There is enormous knowledge about the classical inborn errors of metabolism, those are rare and very genetically encoded. There is new knowledge now coming from efforts to understand the pathophysiology of diabetes, mental health conditions, cardiovascular disease. And the issue in that kind of application is you are now diagnosing a disease that requires informed consent, counseling, and a lot of ethical guidance in terms of what do you do with this information with regards to privacy. In the case of drug side effects, it's a different encounter that leads to the DNA testing. Here you come with a side effect. You're taking a medication. You already have a disease diagnosis. That's why you're taking the medication. The outcome is immediate. The doctor will get information on what to prescribe, what not to prescribe, And because of that, the ethical issues are, in our opinion, based on our experience, well-managed within the physician-patient relationship. The moment you get into diseases, that requires a a different infrastructure where you have to protect ethical considerations. There are ethical considerations in DNA-guided drug therapy, but they are so immediate that I believe, based on our experience, they're very well-managed within the doctor-patient relationship.
0: I'd like to thank our guest today, Dr. Gualberto Jurraño. We have been discussing exploiting the variations in genes to predict who will respond to a drug or who might suffer serious side effects. I'm Dr. Leslie Lent. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at reachmd.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library.
1: Thank you for listening.